0: following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. I told somebody this morning, I said, you know how long I've been waiting to come back here? I said right after I walked out the door to get in the van the last time I was here. Amen. I love this place. I love this place. I love this place. I know we said in the beginning that we were going to not let this be common and celebrate what the Lord was doing in the earth. Before, uh, before he finishes, we're just going to celebrate what he's doing in the earth. Said we wouldn't let it become common. And uh, there's there's testimonies and things that have happened, and we're going to celebrate them this morning. But we have to celebrate them with this kind of attitude. I had a vision about a year ago and I was laying on an altar on my back and I was moving around and the Lord just leaned over and I saw him and he and he spoke to me and he was quoting to me Romans the 12th chapter the first and the second verse. And then after he quoted it to me, he looked at me and he said, "Johnny, he said, when your ability to be offended dies." He said, "When your ability to be offended dies." And when you can celebrate what I'm doing in others as if I were doing it in you, nothing will be withheld from you. Celebrating this morning. Celebrating. 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 Yes. 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 I'll just share three testimonies with you. We were going to Michigan because we're going to celebrate this one. We were going to Michigan and this, and this pastor from Wyoming called me and he told me and he said, he said, I've got to tell you the testimony This happened in our church. And he said, there was this man who was in our church with his family, but he got addicted to alcohol and drugs. So he lost his family and he wound up in the street and he got infected and he got sick and they had to pick him up and take him to the hospital. And while he was in the hospital, they'd run blood tests and checked him out. And whenever they came in, his name was Joe. And he said, Joe, he said, I've got some bad news. He said, You have tested positive for HIV. And he said, You've tested positive for hepatitis C. And he said, Both are incurable. But it's because of your lifestyle that you've received, and, and, and now you're infected with it, and there's nothing we can do but just try to make you feel better. So he went back to the church where he had come from. And the pastor, through however, got some of the oil. And he brought his elders up and his people up, and they prayed for Joe. And they prayed for Joe, and they sat back down. Well, he had to go back and get some more blood tests. And when he got blood tests, the doctor came into the room and he said, Joe, I got some news. And Joe's thinking hospice. Wow. And he says, here's the blood test I did last week. You're HIV positive and you're positive hepatitis C. He said, but here's the test I did today and you're clear. <laughs> <clears throat> But he said, he said, he said, I've been doing this for 25 years. And he said, the the doctor said this, I've been doing this for 25 years. And the only thing I can tell you is this has to be Jesus. That's what the doctor said. And then the doctor said, to make sure it's Jesus, I'm going to send you to a specialist. So they sent him to a specialist. And the specialist says, Joe, he said... You, you tested positive HIV and Hepatitis C, and you're clear, brother, you're clear. Matter of fact, there's not a sign that you ever had it. But then he said, but then he said, we term you golden. And he said, what does that mean? He said, because there is no cure for Hepatitis C, and you have been cured and healed of Hepatitis C for the rest of your life. Your body is immune to hepatitis A, B, and C. Yes! You better celebrate it! You better celebrate it! Yeah, you better celebrate it! We got a testimony from a lady in Seattle was at a conference. And there was a woman there who had been raised up in human trafficking. And her body was scarred up. And she had... Cuts and leather looking skin, and her body was all cut up. And the Lord spoke to a lady and He said, Take some of the oil and rub it on her face. So she gets the oil and rubs it on her face. And as she's rubbing it on her face, her face gets as clear as a baby's behind just as smooth, not a trace, not a cut, not a scratch. She looked 20 years younger. And let me tell you something, that came because of a word of the Lord, not because of the oil. So don't go to altar checking for some oil to rub on your face. Like Jerry, Jerry drinks oil because the Lord tells him to. I've only did once because he told me to. I don't drink it. And if you just drink it because somebody else drink it, it's just going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. There was a lady in Dalton, there was a lady that came up to me in the wink in Dalton, and she said, I have a friend who's a chronic alcoholic, and she's been an alcoholic for years. She said her dad was a godly man and somehow just lost it, and he killed his wife and killed himself, and she said, to deal with it, I just drank. Never, st- never got sober, just drank, and this girl was trying to help her and get her to slow down She never would slow down. But her fiance, the Lord spoke to him, and he said, put some oil in her vodka. (laughs) Boy, that'll tear up James (laughs) 4. But that's why we're here, to tear all this religious stuff up anyway. That's why we're here. So we put oil in her vodka, not a strawberry, not a cherry, not an umbrella. And she drank it, not knowing. Three weeks later, she calls this girl and she says, I've been in rehab. I put myself in rehab. And from that day to this, she's never drank another drop of alcohol. Celebrating, 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 come on. Come on, come on, come on. He's doing this in the earth. Lift your hands toward heaven. Come on, let me tell you. We gotta be able to celebrate what we hear in order to be able to celebrate what he does. Did you know Did you know in in, in the church all these years, we've been self-centered because we go for us to be healed. But did you know in the kingdom, we'll go and we'll prefer somebody else being healed. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? When we prefer somebody else being healed, guess who's going to heal? You ready? Lift up your hands and praise him this morning. Celebrate him this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We thank you today, God, for what you're doing on the earth. Now, here. I've taught people all over the country about this church. And I don't do that a lot. Because I believe your kingdom. I just believe that, your kingdom. Religion set up in the window one day and told the kingdom, you've embarrassed me. And the kingdom said, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so, you are embarrassing religion if you're a kingdom. Yeah. So, before you sit down let's give micah let's give religion something to look at that we can aggravate her even more while we're in here today would you just lift up your hands and just begin to move a little bit would you just would you just would you just move a little bit would you just move a little bit would you just, would you just? yes 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 Sit down. Sit down. I mean, I need you, I need you to pray for my voice this morning. Something weird's happening, but I want to do something. Would you put that picture of all in on the board and leave it there? Just leave it there. I... Had something different planned for today. And at 10 o'clock last night, the Lord told me, he said, go to the website. So I went to the website. He said, I want you to watch the testimonies of Neville Johnson, of Sadu, and Chuck Pierce. Watch those words. So I watched them. When I got through, he said, now, I want you to watch the entire service of when all 67 counties were represented here that Sunday in October. So I sat there, and I watched the whole service. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to share what I've given you to share. And I said, but he said, because you're going, you're coming this morning to confirm what I've been doing. And I said, God, I'm not a Neville Johnson. I'm not Sadhu, and I'm not Chuck Pierce. He said, that's why I sent you. (laughs) So I want to talk to us this morning about what I believe the Lord's already doing and just going to confirm what he's doing and then maybe teach you a little something to go with it. Is that Okay. I've got this bracelet that I wear, and on it it has 33 A.D. in the word to They have them in the gift shop at the Wink in Dalton, and for over a year now I make her order supplies of them for me, and I put them in my bag. And when the Lord says give them to somebody, I give them to somebody. And the word to is the word that Jesus said on the cross, and it was, "It is finished." Now, to us, that meant he was through. But in the Hebrew, in the Greek, that word finished means there's nothing left for you to do to what I've already done. You can do nothing else except walk it out. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. You can't do anything else. It is finished. So this morning, before I start, I want to give this to you. You don't have to wear it, but the Lord says, there's nothing else you can do to be ready for what I'm doing but steward it. But steward it. It's finished. Mm-hmm. Holly, come here. I know you're the only one I talk to, so I don't know what anybody else does. (laughs) But the Lord says, there's nothing else you can do to get ready. Just be ready for what he's doing, but steward it. It's finished. (laughs) Davey. I was sitting in the back of the Wink Theater about a month ago, and the walls were breathing in and out, and the Lord kept telling me, I'm expanding, I'm expanding, I'm expanding. And he said, the move's going to get bigger, and he said, he said, the attendance is going to get greater, and the move of my spirit is going to get greater, and the miracles are going to get greater, but it's coming in through the worship. So at the Wink on Tuesday mornings, while everything goes on, we keep worshiping. We keep worshiping. There's nothing else you can do to get ready, to add to it. Just steward it. If you've got your Bible, go with me to Acts, the first chapter. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I'm going to confirm what the Lord's doing and maybe show you what a deeper revelation of what he's going to do. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't you go anywhere. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, Lord, Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud. While they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here doing nothing? Staring into heaven. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go up. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. Isn't that something? He wouldn't let them go more than half a mile. And that was probably to eat and go to the bathroom. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house, the upper room where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time with about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. There was a world to be saved the known world. There was work to do. There was was his will for their lives and his mission and ministry and giftings and callings and things that God was going to do through them. But he told them, don't go anywhere. You don't have what it takes to do what I want you to do, so don't you go anywhere until the Father sends the gift, the comforter. Now, there was... The whole world was messed up, but there was this little group of people that he said, this is what I'm going to do in this world through you, so don't go anywhere. So he says, you stay here. Now, the word core is the tough, central part of the fruit that contains the seeds. The central, most important part of something. A core can be a person of a family, It can be a family, a core can be a church, a core can be a city, a county, a state, a nation, a core can be a country. And I believe there's a core, a remnant that God is going to use to reap the harvest of this end time move and usher in the return of his son. There was a core in the early church in the book of Acts That Jesus instructed to stay together in one place until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. In relationship with Holy Spirit was the hunger for the Father and the power to do His will. In relationship with Holy Spirit was the relationship with the Godhead, the Trinity. In relationship with Holy Spirit was the ability to go to the world. In relationship with the Holy Spirit was the power to rescue, to convert, and disciple the known world for Jesus in the power of Holy Spirit. Today, now listen, don't knock me down till I'm finished. Today, the baptism of Holy Spirit has been watered down, not talked about, intentionally overlooked to create a safe place for people to come worship without being made to feel uncomfortable. They're keeping out what will make them comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. That's why they call him the comforter. The church is partly to blame for this uncomfortableness. The passion in the relationship with Holy Spirit in the early days has been replaced today by emotion with no relationship. So in an attempt to justify, not correct, but to justify the error, the church has let the pendulum swing from one extreme to the other, and in doing so, has thrown the baby out with the bathwater. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has been watered down, intentionally hidden and not taught, not realizing we are raising up a generation that will not have the power to stand during the time of persecution that will play its part in the church reaping the harvest. <clears throat> I believe, say I believe. I believe believe there's a core, there's a remnant, the true church that God is going to use in these last days to gather his harvest and usher in the return of his son. Where is this core? Where is this remnant? Where are they? I believe they're in the building. The same place, the first core, the first remnant, The first church was before the outpouring of Holy Spirit. The core was inside a building with no anointing to go, no power to change the known world until he, Holy Spirit, came to this earth like a mighty rushing wind, causing an awakening and a movement that would never end, but would in the end prepare the earth for the return of Jesus. The focus was on the core, the remnant. And I believe today our focus, again, should be on the core. Now, there's where I get tension. Because the bulk of the church is focused on, and for every reason why, right, community and getting out into the community. And we come up with programs, and we come up with methods, and we come up with things to go out and win a community when the remnant, the church is powerless. Don't sit down on me yet. It's time to resurrect the preaching and teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the hungry, to the core, to the remnant, to the church who are once again waiting inside the building for the outpouring of Holy Spirit who will go with them into the streets to gather a harvest that Jesus says is ripe and ready. Come on, pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. There's a remnant in the building waiting for power to leave the building. I'm telling you, when the baptism of Holy Spirit becomes a priority again, when the baptism of Holy Spirit is preached and taught again, when the baptism of Holy Spirit is received once again by this remnant, the church will once again leave the building and turn this world upside down. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Now, the focus was on the core. In Acts, the first chapter, verse 15, 120 people were in the upper room. In Acts, the first chapter, verse 4 and 5, Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest parts of the earth. The Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2 and 39, Peter told the people of Jerusalem who saw and heard the manifestation of Holy Spirit. For God's promise of Holy Spirit is for you and your families for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. It's for everybody. He's for everybody. He's for, look, look at me. He's for everybody. The core, the remnant, the church took this message to the street and Acts 2 and 41 says 3,000 believed in a day. Acts 4 and 4 says, on another day, there were 5,000 more men that believed. Why else would the enemy want us to not preach and teach baptism of the Holy Spirit? The power that it took them to start has the same power that's going to take us to finish. And if the harvest in the end is greater than that in the beginning, 3,000 in a day and 5,000 in a day is a nothing compared to what he's going to do through us, through the car, if we're baptized and filled with the Spirit. (laughs) Acts 17 and 6 says, They had left Jerusalem and gone to Thessalonica, and the word went out, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What's Alabama going to say? <laughs> to have this kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, you must have an appetite for him to become your appetite. Let me tell you how my relationship with the Holy Spirit has changed. You have to have an appetite for him to become your appetite. You see, I used to hunger for the Holy Spirit. I don't do that no more. Now I tell Holy Spirit, you be my hunger. I used to thirst for him. Now I don't thirst for him. I say, Holy Spirit, you be my thirst. I used to desire him. Now I say, you be my desire. So whatever he's hungry for, I'm hungry for. Whatever he's thirsty for, I'm thirsty for. Whatever he desires, I desire. Fill to the Spirit. Come here, Bishop. I mean, I know you don't like that topic. (laughs) Let me just, I've just got to show you something. David. David is in the pastor writing. And nobody knows what happened to him except through his writings. And if you get a revelation of it. David says, My cup runs over. Give me a bottle of oil. David said, you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. In other words, what you have for me to eat, what you have for me to do, you set my table right in front of the enemy. But David says, you set my table right in front of the enemy. But he says, because of what you've done in me, there's nothing he can do to stop what I'm eating and what I'm doing but watch. He can only watch. He can't stop me. Why? Because David said, you anoint my head with oil. Now, listen, the word anoint means to rub, to smear on, to rub in. So he said, you anoint my head with oil. You are smearing it in from the top of my head, and it's running all the way down to my feet. He said, and the oil represents Holy Spirit. So what David is saying, he said, you are filling me with Holy Spirit. Mm. And he said, how do you know that I'm full? Because my cup is running over. God, how do you know that I'm full? Because my cup is running over. So now I sit at this table and I eat, and he can't touch me because I'm filled with the Spirit. Oh! You see, I believe, I believe David was filled with the Spirit on that day. Why do I believe that? Because he could go take manna out of the ark and eat it and nobody else could. He could do it when he was hungry, not when he was doing a ritual. Wow! Because he was filled with the spirit. He lived ahead of his time. He was representing the kingdom and the religious structure and he was breaking the walls and tearing them down. And he says, Micah, sit there and watch me eat. He moved the ark, set up tents, raised the flap, and they came in and worshiped 24 hours a day. But a priest couldn't do it but one time a year, and he had to be careful, but David raised the flaps and said, let's just do it till he comes back. Why? Because he's filled with the Spirit. Thank you. I said, thank you. So, what I'm saying is there's something to this being filled with the Spirit. No wonder religion and no wonder this culture has told us, don't do that. You'll run people off. Acts said they ran them in. Now, the Bible says in For Samuel, I found a man after my heart. Go anoint him. Come here. (laughs) This is what I believe. This is what I believe. See, and I had to be careful because the religious people want to slam me, but I don't really care. I ain't gotta. (laughs) I ain't gotta. Much to lose, we don't have a church or a building. So, I don't have anything to lose. But First Samuel says, and even in Acts, it says that he had found a man after his heart. I believe that's a bad translation. See, I want... I believe what it really says is go anoint a man who has my heart. That's why the man that had his heart was filled with the Spirit before it was ever thought of. Because when you have the heart of the Father, you are at one with Him. And all that He has, you have. All that He is, you are. So, yes, come on. So, I believe. I believe. I believe. The Lord said, go anoint Him. I found my heart. Guess what I believe? I believe the Lord has found his heart. Yeah. I believe the Lord has found his heart. You better celebrate it. You better celebrate it. Come on, celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Down. Now, God found a man with his heart, one with him, that only says what I hear the Father say and only does what I see the Father do. John 5 and 17 says, My Father's been working until now, and I have been working. That sounds like two ministries. But I believe what happened. God's heart was walking the earth. I'm sure it was. In the form of his son. And his heart and the father's heart were the same. And they were so close and so united together that his wants. So when he said, sometimes the father's working and sometimes I'm working. What he was saying was, when I want to work, he wants to work. When he wants to work, I want to work because we have the same heart and we're so united that sometime I can say it's me and sometime I can say it's him. Wow. I believe that. Imagine walking in that unity with him that you would do something that you think is you and find out it's him. Mm. We're in Lost Illinois and this couple had come from Indiana and they came and I gave them some oil, and I met them because they knew my sister and her husband from Georgia and in Indiana. So I'm talking to them, and I give them a bottle of oil, and I said, you coming back tonight? They said, no. And I said, why not? And they said, it's four hours away, and when we go, my kids have to be in the bed, so I can't be here tonight. So I said, okay, hugged them. That night we come back to church, they're there. I said, well, what happened? They said, we got on the road to go, and the Lord told me to turn around and come back. So they're sitting there. I'm standing in the back of the church, and I got seven vials of oil in my hand. And I'm thinking, you know, I want to bless them because they stayed. So I want to bless them for staying. So on my way to the front, I just went by, took seven vials of oil, put it in their hands, and went on being the good guy that I am. <laughs> and I just thought, that's just a nice gesture, give them seven vials of oil. After service, he tells me, he said, I'm sitting. He said, I know why the Lord want me to come back. I said, why? He said, because I was skeptical. And he said, I was sitting there, and I was holding that vial of oil. And I said, God, if this is really real, let it multiply. And I thought it was me, but it was him. I thought it was me, but it was him. It was him, but it was me. Because we have the same heart. We're in Coldwater, Michigan on a Sunday morning. And the place is packed. And I'm sitting there and this elderly lady walked in. I know I got to get up and preach. So I said, I told Leslie, I said, just let her come sit beside you. Being the good man that I am. So I said, just let her come sit with you. I got up, went and stood up. She come in and sat down and she starts crying. And she tells Leslie, she said, I was worshiping this morning and I got caught up in my worship. And when I come out of it, I looked at the clock and I said, my God, I'm gonna be late. I'm not gonna be able to find a seat. And the Lord says, go ahead. I already have a seat waiting on you when you get there. It was my seat. I thought I was being a good guy. I thought I was being a good guy. But the Lord in me said, get up. Let us sit down. Oh. We're in Bethesda, Maryland. And I'm sitting at the table in the lobby, getting ready to head back south. Everybody's talking, and I hear the wind blow. And I look, and it's blowing in the room above my head. And I said, what is that? And I heard furniture moving. Nobody heard it but me. So I heard furniture moving. Then I had this vision that the wind is blowing inside this apartment, this room, and it's mine. And the furniture is being moved around. And then when it stops, the lights go on, and I look, and it's different. Some things that I had in the room that I thought were okay were gone. And some things that he had given me that I had placed them where I want them were moved around. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm creating a place for you to inhabit." I said, "That's wrong." I said, "We're supposed to be creating a place for you to inhabit." He said, "That's old wine scheme. He said, "I am now creating a place for you to inhabit." So when you let me come in, I'll take over, and the things I didn't put in there, I'm going to take out, and the things I put in there, I'm going to move them around where I want them, and you're just going to inhabit my place. Oh. So he tells me, he says, "This is what I'm doing." He said, "I'm oh God, I can't get." It. He said, "I'm exposing and I'm revealing." He said in this place that you inhabit. He said, I'm exposing and I'm revealing. I'm exposing everything that's in the dark. And he said, there's a difference between exposing and revealing. He said, exposing, I'm bringing the darkness to the light. And he said, revealing, I'm gonna reveal the truth to you about what was in the dark. That's what he's doing on the earth. He's bringing everything to the light and then showing the truth about what it was, who it was, the motive, and everything. He's going to expose them, reveal to us the truth. 2020. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what made the wind blow? And he told me, he said, what made the wind blow, Johnny, was you praying in the Spirit. What we are telling people we don't need to do. That it makes too many people uncomfortable. That he told 120 people, don't you go nowhere until he comes. Because you won't be able to do what I want you to do until you can pray in the Spirit. So he said, well, I said, well, what did it? He said, you praying in the spirit. Now, listen, we've taken scripture, religion has, and justified us not praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues. We've justified it and we've used Paul to justify it. When we get up, now you don't need to be doing that because you're edifying yourself. See how we've turned it all around? You don't need to be doing that because you're edifying yourself. You're supposed to watch out for your brother. Well, since when did you start doing that? <laughs> he said he's supposed to, okay, listen to this. Listen to this. First Corinthians 14 and 4 says, He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. That's where they got it. But they must not have had... Things where you can look at what words mean back then. (laughs) Because the word edify means to promote growth in Christian wisdom, in affection, in grace, in virtue, in holiness, and blessedness. Why would Paul tell us not to do that? Why would Paul tell us not to pray in the Spirit? That would cause us to grow in wisdom and holiness and perfection and blessedness. That's why Paul said, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Spirit." Jude 1 and 20 says, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The word building means to make progress, to rise like an edifice, higher and higher. That's what he told those cats in that upper room. He said, you pray, and when you begin praying in the spirit, he said, you're going to begin to walk in holiness and perfection, and you're going to grow, and you're going to have wisdom, and you're going to grow like a tower. And when you walk into the streets of Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea, no weapon formed against you will stop you. You can eat at that table, and all he can do is watch. I I, I tell you, when you go to the counties in Alabama, the enemy cannot stop you, spirit filled. He can only watch you eat. He can only watch you eat. Now, listen, Romans 8:25 through28 says, "But if we hope for what we don't see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it." He said, "We're waiting and praying for God to answer our prayer." Verse 26 says, "In the same way the spirit helps your weakness. What's our weakness? Waiting and not knowing how to pray." So he says, "The spirit helps you in your waiting and not knowing how to pray." So he says, at times, you don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. So it helps our weakness. And he says he does it with groaning. Groaning is the result of moving from words to a deeper realm of communication. Groanings, we move into a realm where we're one with the Father in the Spirit, and at that moment, we're feeling His heart for what Holy Spirit is praying for us through us. Do you know why you hurt for Alabama? He hurts for Alabama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you you groan in the Spirit, you are just a conduit of His groaning. Mm He is groaning through you because you have one heart at one with the Father. You hurt because it's his heart that you're feeling in the Spirit and you're groaning. Yes. Now listen, listen, listen. Now it says he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because it intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Come here, Jerry. Stand up and face that way. I mean, please. Come back here. Come back here. If they made Holy Spirit shoes, I ain't never seen them. So listen. Listen. The scripture says. The scripture says that the heart of the Father, that Holy Spirit knows the heart of the Father. So he said the way that he could get his heart into his heart to want what he wants to do, what he wants him to do is to send his heart. So the son had to go back to the Father so he could send his heart in the Spirit. And he knows the will of the Father. He knows the desires of the Father. So if he can get them into here. And then you begin to want his desires and his will with his passion, with his love. Because you now have his heart. Now his heart is now becoming your heart. And you're praying for things and you don't know why. You're growing, and you don't even know why. Because he's saying that if I can send him, who knows my heart, and put him in you, who has, you have my heart, he said, now I can take you to him, and you and him and him can be one, and you can live in the spirit, and move in the spirit, because you all have the same heart. From the throne, to the earth, to the world. Now listen, listen. So 1 Corinthians 14 and 2 says, for one who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. There's a lady in Lake City. Just hang tight. There's a lady in Lake City. Tells us she's in Jerusalem. She's walking around the wall and she's praying in the spirit. And this rabbi walks up to her. He says, what are you doing? And she thought she was in trouble. And she said, I'm just praying. I'm just praying. He says, what you are doing is you are calling all the Jews home from the south to Jerusalem. A minister that we know who now is in politics says, I don't want to be in politics. I don't know how I got in politics. I didn't ask to be in politics. And the Lord said, yes, you did. He said, when did I ask to be in politics? He said, all those mornings that you were in your closet praying in the spirit, You didn't know what I wanted for you, but you submitted to my will through him. And he began to pray through you my will for you. And you asked me in the spirit, would I put you in politics? So I gave you the desire and the hunger because that's what you wanted. No, he wanted that. No, you did. How did I want it? Because you had his heart. Because it was him that wanted it. Now you wanted it because he wants it because he wants it. So now I'm putting you in politics. now that's probably a reason for some of you not to pray in the Spirit. (laughs) But I'll tell you this, when you pray in the Spirit, with praying in the Spirit comes His desire and His love and His will, and you will want to do it, and you'll say, and then they'll say... (laughs) The father wants you to do that. And you said, Well, I want to do that. No, the father wants you to do that. No, I want to do that. Why? Sometimes it's me working, sometimes it's him working. But when he's working, I'm working. And when I'm working, he's working. Sometimes it's him, but sometimes it's me. But when it's me, it's him. And when it's him, it's me. Yes, sir. Now. Come here. Let me say something. Yes, sir. You stay right there. Come here, Jerry. Come here. You, brother. Yeah, you. Come here. Get up here on stage. (laughs) Come here. Darla, come here. Darla. D.A. Will you come help me? No, right here. Damn. Yeah, you come on. Yeah, I'll take you. Yeah, I'll take you. Come on. You're going to be sorry I did, but come on. <laughs> now, there were some things we were going through, and I was frustrated. And Leslie says, I call her, and I told her what's going on. And I was riding in my truck. She said, pray in the Spirit. I said, okay, so I hung the phone up, and I said, Lord, I said, the Bible says that when I pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying for, so why don't we pray in the Spirit for this, and you might have me praying for something else, (laughs) I said, so what good, and I was telling him, because he knows me, I I mean, you may not think I'm ignorant, but he knows I am. So I said, Lord, I said, what guarantee do I have that if I'm wanting to pray in the Spirit, that you're how to going to pray for somebody out there in Australia? And right my, now, my, this is what I'm praying for and I'm hurting for, but you want me to pray in the Spirit? And right in there, he gave me a revelation. He said, when you pray, let me use it in your terms. He said, when you pray for Alabama, you are praying to end from the beginning. Like when you're praying for somebody to be saved, you're praying in your natural tongue, Lord, save them. Lord, give us Alabama. Mm. And we're praying in the natural. And we don't know the words to you, so we do repetitive prayers. Lord, give us Alabama. Lord, give us Alabama. Lord, give us Alabama. Lord, <laughs> Lord I want Alabama. Lord, you ought to know. Do I need to keep saying it on Alabama? You told me to do this. And I'm praying the end from the beginning. But now the Lord knows the things that have to fall into place in order for me to get Alabama. So, Doors have to open. People have to be willing to listen. Sources have to come in. And you got to go in there with love. All that is in, God, on Alabama. Mm. On Alabama, Lord. Lord. I want Alabama. Lord, I want Alabama. Lord, I want Alabama. Alabama, Lord, I want. And he said, pray in the Spirit. And I said, what are you talking about? All right, go back. Go back. Go back. He says, when you pray in the natural, you pray the end from the beginning. That's why it says, go ahead and celebrate it now. Yes. Go ahead and celebrate Alabama now. Go ahead and rejoice now because you're praying the end from the beginning. So if you believe the end result is what you're praying, he said, celebrate now. In the world, you celebrate after you receive. In the kingdom, you celebrate before you receive. So celebrate Alabama now. Stand up and celebrate Alabama. Stand up! Celebrate Alabama! Oh, yes, 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 Celebrate it! Celebrate it! Celebrate it! Now, so he says, I said, Lord, tell me what I'm doing. He said, Johnny, when you pray in the natural, You are praying the end from the beginning. But when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying specifics for things to come into place and work so the end result will happen. So here's what I'm doing. Your Holy Spirit, hang with me. He of a roller coaster, ride of a roller coaster, shut of a roller coaster. See heed of a roller coaster, time of a roller coaster, shut of a roller coaster. God, I still want Alabama. He of a roller coaster, shut of a roller coaster. Heed of a roller coaster, time of a roller coaster. Heed of a roller coaster, and then I get look around, and He's giving me Alabama, 'cause I prayed in the spirit. I prayed in the spirit. I prayed in the spirit. The thing society is telling me to stop doing. And the church is listening to them because we're afraid of men. I declare today, I declare today, the spirit of the fear of man has got to leave the church. Oh. Yes. Now, sit down. Now, he says, "You're praying in the spirit. And the Bible says, in the same book of Romans, same chapter, he says, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Right? Come on. Come on. Come on. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So these are all good things. Come here. Now, I'm saying this in the right way, but it looks wrong. I have your heart now, and sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's you. But when I think it's me, it's really you. But it's me that's doing it because it's you in me that's doing it. So it's both of us doing it. So sometimes when I look like I'm taking the lead, I'm really not taking the lead. I'm really doing what you're doing through me, okay? So hang with me. So I'm saying, I want Alabama. You give us the commission for Alabama. Now, all these are good things. Doors open. Situations happen. Resource comes in. And it's all covered in love. And we say, yes, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. (laughs) And so we're just thankful today that we didn't have much opposition. But we just prayed, and all this stuff just came together. Glory to God. And so, that's how we look. But he says all things work together for good. Right? Mm-hmm. All right, go back to your place. You stay with me. You stay right here. Jerry, you stay, you stay right here, okay? You stay right here. Now, the Bible says in Colossians let me get to it. The Bible says in Colossians, it's, it's in Colossians 1, 16 through 17 in the Passion Translation. It says this, for in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. And all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything, say this with me, everything. Everything Everything finds its completion in him. Now, I highlighted the word principality, took everything out but that word. For in him was created principalities. All that is seen and unseen. Every principality, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before principalities were made. And now every principality finds its completion in him. So he says, I looked up the word principality. And it means just what it says it's demon. It's demon. Now, if the word is right, he says every demon was created to fulfill my purpose. That's not what religion told us. He said. He said even its completion is in Him. Come here. face me. You're the demon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now he says all things work together for good. But when I'm confronted (laughs) hit me back but when I'm confronted I called somebody the other day and I said What's going on? They said, revival's coming, but the enemy's working. I said, don't say that. And they said, why? I said, you just made him the reason why you can't have revival. You just brought him up on level with the Lord and said, he wants revival, he don't. we got to see which one's going to win this thing out. So we made him evil, uh, Level. And now the one with the most wisdom and the most wins out. So that's how we do. The Lord's moving. Opening doors, doing things. Money's coming. Love is there. All right. Come here, OJ. Come here, James. Come here, Jerry. Come on. Come on, get up here. Come on. You just stand right here with me. Right, here, right, right, right. So we said, all things work for the Lord, good and bad. But we're saying, He's wanting Alabama. But the enemy's working. <laughs> but yet yeah, we don't want you to know the enemy's working. So we say, how's it going? We're blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Now, please forgive me, but I hate that thing. I do because the ones that are telling me that are miserable and frustrated and depressed. But he says... The enemy's working, but I'm blessed and highly favored. And then when I hear the word, and God help me, but I got nothing to lose. And, and, and somebody will preach, you know, oh, that's so good. That is so good, so good. But I'm blessed and highly favored. So these things come along to stop it, to steal, kill and destroy. Now, in John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life. And that word abundant means I came to give you more than what's necessary to do what I called you to do. He said, he said, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, he didn't say, I'm sending the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy he said the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he believes. But the real reason he's coming is to fulfill your purpose in me for Alabama. So the things that would work against you. Oh, we're making progress. Laughter Back up, some back up. I want them to see you. Back, up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. We still got the vision. <laughs> We're blessed and highly favored, <laughs> and it's so good. But he said, "All these good." The doors are open, the opportunity's there, the resources are available, and love fills the air. But now these guys are coming, and we got to stop them. No, we don't. That's what we've been taught. But he said, these rascals find their completion in him. How? 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 He thinks he's coming to steal and kill and destroy. But he's really coming to fulfill my purpose in Alabama. And the completion, he's going to fulfill his completion in me when I've given you all 67 counties in Alabama. But here's how we're going to do it. We're going to work together. Because he said... Who am I listening to? The enemy or him? Huh? I've been taught, I've been taught to listen to him, but be cautious. But the Bible tells me to keep my eyes on him. So he says, when these guys are working against me to stop it, he said, When the revelation comes that he thinks he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, he's actually coming to fulfill my purpose in Alabama. But how do you know that? You gotta repent of your attitude. You gotta repent of listening to the enemy. You gotta repent for believing a lie. You gotta repent for staging a battle that's not there. You gotta repent for staging a war that you created. Now, because we're right guys you come with me all right so when I repent what is repent now the things that were working against me are now working for me how he's drawing me and he's pushing me they're working together and now as he draws He pushes and we all come into the fullness. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating, 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 celebrating. So guess what? The things that worked against you, you won. Look at this. Stay right here with him. Look. You got the door open. You got resources. You got opportunities. And you got love. Come here. But now he tried to stop you. And now... He's working for you. And now, what tried to stop you comes in. What tried to kill you comes in. What tried to destroy you comes in. And what now tried to steal from you gives to you. What tried to kill you now gives you life. And what tried to destroy you gives you resource. And look, 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 look. The more you keep your eyes on him, the further away he gets Now, sit down. please. I'm almost story. Now, 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 put that, put that picture up that I gave you, if you will. When the Lord was giving me this, about focusing on the core. I was feeling a little troubled because that's not what's happening. We're all worried about community and those in the street doing it powerless. And the Lord wouldn't even let the disciples go until they got filled with power to go win the community. But we've tried to suppress it, win the community without the power. You're not going to win Alabama without the power. So he needs to be the highlight of your service. Holy Spirit needs to have the seat that whatever he wants to do, he can do however he wants to speak, however he wants to dance, however he wants to move. He needs to have freedom for us to move. And it starts in here. Now, we're going to Michigan and we stop in Kentucky to eat. And I said, Lord, you got to show me a sign that this is you. And I sit down and that sign stare me in the face. And it says, make happy those who are near and those who are far will come. Wow. In a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> so last night I saw this. Show me the Alabama All In. I saw this, but then I saw something overlay it. Pull up my video. The Lord told me to go watch the Bonanza intro. Stop it! 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 it. The Lord told me to go watch the Bonanza intro. So I went and watched. Looked at the Bonanza. Put it up there, but don't start it. (laughs) So the Lord told me to watch the Bonanza intro, so I go to it, and I look at it, and I'm thinking, then I see this little red dot on the map, and the Lord said, that's the core. Watch what happens to the core, and then what happens to the map. Play it. Play it again, play it again, play it again, play it again, play it again. Play it, oh, play it again, play it again. Now, now, that dot is Oxford and there's Alabama. Now play it. Oxford. There goes Alabama. There goes Alabama. There goes Alabama. Play it. Come on. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Play it again, play it again, play it again! Get it in your spirit! Hallelujah! Play it again, play it again! Now, 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 just keep standing. Mm. When the Lord told me to look at that video, I didn't know, know what it meant. And he said, now, after you've played it, go look what Bonanza means. Oh, my God. Bonanza means a situation or event that creates a sudden increase, a.k.a. harvest. Come on, celebrate it! Celebrate it! I'm almost three. The Bible says in John 2020, 20, you can stand up a few minutes, right? I never said I was closing, I just said stand up. John 20 and 2020, 20, 20, John 2020. 20. Wow. This is gonna be a popular verse this year. John 2020, 20, when Jesus had come in been risen from the dead, and he walked through the door, and the disciples saw him. It says, he showed them the wounds of his hands and side, and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. John 20, 20. You're going to have 20, 20 vision this year in the Spirit to see the things that were hidden from you before. Listen. Listen. 57, 70 through 79. In the Hebrew calendar each year ended in the 70s. In the Hebrew number system, the letter for 70 spells the 17th number of the Hebrew alphabet and it also spells the Hebrew word for I. Throughout the past 10 years, our minds have been repeatedly reminded, continually drawn to the importance of looking with heavenly vision to see. 5780 in this decade spells the 18th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it spells the Hebrew word for mouth. In this new decade, we are to declare into the natural what we have seen last year in the Spirit. So he's going to manifest this year in the natural what we've seen in the Spirit, if we'll pray in the Spirit. Tell you something else. Psalm 139 and 12 says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Come here. So if David says to God, the darkness and the light are the same to you. Clear vision, clear vision. And in the Hebrew calendar, it was seeing and now declaring. In our calendar, 2020 is clear vision. So if he says the dark and the light are the same to you, Now, if I'm in him and he's created a habitation for me to come in and inhabit him and his heart has become my heart then I see what he sees so guess what this year no more deception no more hiding in the dark to catch us by surprise because now the darkness and the light are the same to us. They're the same to us. They're the same to us. We see as clear in the spirit as we do in the natural. The darkness and the light are the same to us. Let me tell you what the Lord spoke to me. You see, we we get caught up in this ministry thing about coming to see the person and wanting the person to lay hands on us or pray for us. Those days are over with. And I'll tell you why. Dan, come here. Come right here. Come right here. Come on, step for me. Can you come up here? You see, here's how we've been. Now I used him, so nobody get offended at me. Here's how we've been. If we can just get to the person, to the man, and let him lay hands on me and pray for me, if I can just get to the oil, you don't know how many people we have fallen off. If I can just get to the oil, and then they come in and they lay hands on them and they pray for them and then they walk away and they say, I received prayer. Now we'll see what happens. And leave it laying on the floor. But here's what's supposed to happen. If you come up for prayer, I'm not saying don't come up for prayer. I'm just saying don't leave it with the person that prayed for you. Because when this person now can see dark and light and you come up for prayer, God will show me and I will see the reason what has happened to cause you to want the prayer that you want. God will show me the things that you need to get the answer that you need. Now I see them, now I'm gonna declare them and call them out. And then we turn around and leave and make me an idol. But all God's using me to do is, when I pray for you or I give you a word, that word now becomes your word. That that prayer now becomes your prayer. So I transferred what God was saying through me to you and now you have ownership of the word and you have ownership of the prayer. So it's no longer me praying for you. That you settled for, now I just gave you the word of the Lord. That word of the Lord becomes you. And now you take it back to your seat, declaring it. You take it back to your car, declaring it. You take it back to the house, declare it. You take it back to work, declaring it. You take it back before the Lord, declaring it. You take it back and you declare it over and 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 over. You declare it because it becomes yours. You hear me? You hear me? It's now yours. You see, we want to line up for the prophet. God help me. I'm not being... We want to line up for the prophet and get a word. Can I just tell you something real quick? Religion is the worst for building you a platform, putting you on it, pushing you off and then blaming you for falling we that's what's wrong with ministries that's why they're so conceited that's why their nose is up in the air and we blame them, we're the ones made them that way We made them an idol because we'd rather for them to give us a word than us get one. So when they give us a word, there's a man. Those days are over. They're over. You know what we've done if we don't watch it? We've done the same thing with worship leaders now. Because now we're saying, we don't. We know this move of God. There's not going to be no preaching. Not going to be no preachers. It's just going to be just worship, and and, and we're just going. And so we've taken worship leaders, and we've we've dressed them up, and we've made them idols. And now we look at, and we're doing the same thing we did to the preacher. And now when the worship leaders fall, we think there wasn't nothing to them because we built the platform they weren't ready for, put them on a platform they didn't need, and they took it and they failed. If we don't watch it, we're going to do the same thing to the prophet. And I'm telling you today, let's don't do that. Let's stop it. Let's cut it off here. And how do we do that? When the prophet speaks a word to you. Take it, make it yours, nurture it, build on it, carry it, bring it to fruition. When somebody prays for you and it resonates in your spirit on that prayer and you now begin to pray that prayer and you carry that prayer home with you, they don't matter anymore. They don't matter. They don't matter anymore. It's now your prayer, your word, and you're praying it back to the Lord. And he's bringing it to fruition because of you, not the prophet. But we need them in perspective. Now, here's what we're going to do. Boy, I feel like I've cut the rug out from of you looking at me like you busted my bubble. I didn't mean to bust your bubble. I just want to see that core spread out all over this state. So here's what we're going to do. My grandfather told me before he died. He said every New Year's Day, he would give me black-eyed peas to put in my pocket. And he would tell me, if you have these black eyed peas in your pocket, you'll never want for anything for this next year. And he said, what you eat today, you'll eat the rest of the year. So I thought, I'm here on the first day of this year. And I got my black eyed pea what I do today I'm going to be doing the rest of the year and Mark the 16th chapter said I might get snake bit and I might drink poison which tells me that won't be in here it'll be somewhere in one of them counties walking the street but he says the snake bite and the poison will not hurt you and he said while you're getting snake bit and while you're getting offered poison, he said, you will speak in tongues. Read the verse. You will pray in the spirit and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So how many wants to do that this year? Then why don't we do it today? Pull out your black eye Is this Okay. I didn't mean to ask that I'm telling you I'm telling you I know the Lord had me watch those words last night and watch that two hour service of those 67 representatives coming through here because he wanted me to see what he's doing He wanted me to see what he's doing. And he wanted me to get up and affirm it. So here's what we're going to do. Take your lid off. We're going to anoint and pray for one another. And here's what we're going to do. for somebody as they're praying for you this will happen in the spirit as I'm praying for him and he prays for me somewhere in there I have, to take, I have to take ownership of what he's praying so somewhere in this prayer these prayers have to shift so I go from praying from him to pray what he's praying for me showing I now take ownership of what the Lord is telling him to pray about and pray for me. And now I take this prayer, this seed, this core, and now I take it home with me and I pray it and I declare it and I take it to work and to school and to the street and I pray it and I declare it and guess what? It will come to fruition if it does not lie on the ground. So we're going to pray for one another that okay please and we're going to anoint one another and I want you somewhere in that prayer when the spirit speaks to you switch prayers and take ownership of what you're praying and guess what's going to happen I believe this I believe this I believe this because the Lord showed me guess what's going to happen put that picture of Alabama back up again Alabama is going to be transformed in 2020. And it's because when you go into that county to pray for them, you're going to switch prayers. And test them, this is God's word for you. Pray it and watch what happens. And what's going to happen, that core is going to light a flame. He said, if you do the fire, he bring the wind. And guess what's going to happen? God's going to give you Alabama. Because you prayed in the Spirit. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody and I want you to pray for them. And somewhere in the prayer, let it shift and take ownership of what's being prayed over you. If it doesn't resonate with you, then don't. But if it does, take ownership of it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a year from today, that map will be burned up because there was a core in Oxford, Alabama. because you're giving them markers to let them know you're doing this. So God, we're just going to pray for one another. And when you tell us we're going to swap and we're going to take ownership of these prayers and the church is going to leave the building and we're going to go out and burn up Alabama and you're going to bring the wind. So Father, I ask you to anoint these prayers, to listen to these prayers and Holy Spirit, shift them at the right time. And let's turn this place upside down. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.